Welcome to Music Crush, a new music podcast hosted by the Flute New Music Consortium. I'm Nicole Reiner. And I'm Elizabeth Robinson. And announcing FNMC Presents, an album of previous commissions and competition winners performed by members of the Flute New Music Consortium. Repertoire includes works by Sean O'Pevelo, Joseph Hallman, Becca Sims, Sharice Leiter, and others. Purchase a copy today. All proceeds go directly to FNMC. Flute New Music Consortium, Inc. is a 501c3 nonprofit organization. Your contributions are tax deductible to the extent allowed by the law. Visit www.flutenewmusicconsortium.com for details. Elizabeth. Yeah. We're coming up on the beginning of a new round of the composition competition. So, I mean, the due dates are always in the summer, but uh, now is the time when we start opening those categories and advertising and putting them on the on the website so that composers can get themselves organized for that. And as I was thinking about it, um, I think, you know, the composition competition has always been one of my favorite personal projects that that we have here at FNMC it's what it's what caused me to first join when oh, I really? first thought about you all yeah but after 10 years on the board I realized that I've never really sat down and talked to you about the history of this competition from its inception and how how it came to be and and what all you do behind the scenes that sounds like a very broad topic where should we start this is the part that i really know nothing about it's funny that i've never asked you this over all the years but i wasn't there at the very beginning of fnmc so how how did this composition competition first develop that is really a funny story and i'm afraid that the answer is not going to be very satisfying fnmc got its start as a commissioning project, I was once upon a time a, a winner of the graduate research competition that is hosted by Flute New Music Consortium. And Shelley Martinson, our, our co-founder and president, was um, entering the NFA graduate research competition with her dissertation that dealt with uh, flute works by three Chinese composers, I believe two, at least two of them were based in the US. So there was there was some mix of of American writing and, and Chinese heritage. But long story short, um, her dissertation covered three composers, and I was helping her proof it and helping her and making some suggestions to make it more attractive for the graduate research competition based on my success. Somewhere in there, she wanted to commission one of the composers from that dissertation. And after a period of, of extended discussion, she landed on Zo Long, who had at that time already won a Pulitzer Prize. So we were both thinking like, oh, geez, this is going to be millions and millions of dollars. And I don't remember if she had a full-time job yet. I had a, a very part-time adjunct job. So this was like trying to commission Pulitzer Prize winners on peanuts. Mm -hmm. um, and through the, the course of that discussion, FNMC was born. We brought on David Graham was our initial membership and communication coordinator, the, the position that, that you ended up taking over. And Ashley Shank did a lot of the early work with with some of the grants that that started us up and, and were our seed money. So she made the most sense as our, our treasurer and sort of financial officer. And that was the, the original core board. And I think we were trying to figure out ways to make the organization more attractive for grants because like we're a group of flutists and we want to commission a piece. 
is not a way to get money. So we were, (laughs) I mean, not grant money, at least like it just, so we were, we were sort of brainstorming different things that we could do. And I don't remember if it was Ashley or Shelly. One of them came up with some educational outreach things that ended up being the composer interviews that we ended up doing that have gradually morphed into this podcast. So, hey, Ancestry. And I don't think I was actually there for the conversation when it was decided we were going to do a composition competition, but it was decided we were going to do a composition competition. And, you know, David had all of the email and at that time member recruiting and actually was in the middle of writing a a very large grant for, I forget the university, but one of our our early grants was through the university where she was a doctoral student. Oh yeah, Illinois. Yes, thank you, Illinois. She's in Pennsylvania now, so my mouth was trying to say Pennsylvania, but that, I knew that wasn't right. Illinois. Thank you. And Shelly was really busy uh, navigating how to make us a nonprofit and to handle some of the sort of legal things that allowed the organization to exist. So they decided it would be like a cool thing to say that we were hosting a composition competition. Um, We settled on like a really small dollar amount and we're like, hey, I think maybe it was $250. It wasn't much. It's still Mm -hmm. not amazing, but it was, you know, we were a new organization and we're like, what can we as for grad students or recent grad students afford if like two people enter and we need to award one of those two people this cash prize so behind the scenes not glamorous at all but we were like ah, oh, we'll do a composition competition and that'll be like one other thing we can tell granting agencies that we do that interacts with the world i think we had a ten dollar entry fee and i remember telling uh, a good friend of mine who was also a composer like yeah we're gonna do this composition competition and like any piece for flute that's you know by a composer who's still living to submit it and uh it's just 10 bucks and he like held his face in his hand and goes oh my god you're gonna get inundated and I kind of laughed because at that point we were we were still struggling to get the the word out about um, FNMC in general so the idea that composers would find out or care it was ridiculous But I think that must have been in July that we announced it. And I I think by the time we were presenting for the what is now the CREATE grant at the National Flute Association Convention, um, it had enough entries that the competition was fully funded. And by the time of of our first, um, by the time of our first deadline, I think that first year we had if not over 300, then right at 300 entries. We were just, I I was shocked at the enthusiasm from the composition community for this thing that was literally just something we tacked on at the end. And once there was a purpose, you know how I am, I, I take an idea and I run with it sometimes too far, sometimes <laughs> with too much detail. So I, you know, I, I took I was working a lot of customer service at the time. I think the year we started the competition was the summer that I had to work at the Olive Garden. So I took all of that like built up customer service energy and was just determined to make it the friendliest that a music competition could be, which is where the idea that we give composers feedback if they want it came from. Um, So it's like a really long answer. That's where the composition competition came from. If I talk too much, it's because I've I've sort of been babysitting it since the beginning. So for better or worse, it feels like my little baby. Yeah, I mean, I definitely see it that way too. I'm surprised to hear that it just kind of default went to you. 
I figured it was something that you crafted because you often come in. I mean, like the composer mentorship that we did back in 2020, you you are uh, I think of you as as a person who comes in with some pretty creative strategies and and interesting projects to pitch in board meetings. So I figured you did that with the with the competition, too. Oh, it's funny that you say that because I don't think the composer mentorship was my idea either. Um, I'm not going to say who I remember it coming from, but I, I do remember it was not me. But I yeah. loved the idea so much. So I, I think kind of like the the competition, somebody else had a great idea. I'm not an ideas lady. But uh, once I hear one that's good, I Did like the composition competition. I was like, we're going to make this happen. And if <laughs> I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it. It's going to be the best thing that I can feasibly conceive of. Um, and so that's that's where we are. I love it. And, and that is when I joined FNMC. I was at NFA and I was sitting there in your presentation for, I don't even remember what it used to be called, what has now become the Create Award. Sure. Uh, I, I was there, I was there at your presentation and I had my phone with me. And as you were talking about FNMC, I wasn't interested, nor did I have the money at the time to uh, buy into the consortium commission. Sure. It's a different level of membership, but the the composition competition sounded so like a no brainer to me, you know, for $22, I think that's still what it is. I I would get, I would get to vote in this competition and walk away with, I think at the time it was four scores. Now it's three. And so I got on my phone while you were talking and joined. (laughs) I love that. I love that so much. And then I think I had stuff to vote on basically when we got home from NFA or soon after. Yeah. That. I think you must have been, that must have been, we we did a presentation to be awarded what is now the CREATE grant. And then mm-hmm. because we were awarded the CREATE grant, we had to do, had to do, we got to do a little follow-up at NFA the year after. So it was sort of like, hey, it's, artifacts. Been, it's yeah. been 365 days. What have you done with the money? Where is the group now? What are, where, what are you looking forward to? Yeah. Um, if you, had, if you had stuff to vote on and you got four scores, that probably was the second year that we we ran the composition competition because I, I think one of the the first innovations was you know we had something like 300 entries and at the time it was it was just a cattle call there were no categories and right. um I recruited <laughs> um a couple of judges and we sort of like divided and, and conquered and everybody looked at a set number of scores and then I let them duke it out over you know which score was gonna go to the members to vote on for the finalist. So the second year I was like, we can't be comparing solo flute to Perot ensemble to like flute and cello duo. That's bananas. Let's at least get it apples to apples. And so in the intervening years, it's it's always been like, I feel like every time I get it squared away and I'm like, okay, so these are the categories that are going to allow composers to submit their best work or their their most creative thing and you know we'll settle on like solo flute or flute and piano or electronics and then some composer is like well I have a piece for piano and flute and electronics like which category does that go in and you know our our attitude has always been the more the merrier and we want to take everything we can take because at the end of the day we're mostly just interested in the best score but it's it's been kind of a, a weird battle to like organize it so that it makes sense for the judges, but isn't so stifling that it it prevents composers from doing the you know the creative thing and and inventing, 
a new quote unquote standard genre of, of flute music. So the that second year was, I guess, the first year that we had categories and they've sort of evolved historically since yeah. then. Yeah. And it's gotten, I, I, I vaguely remember those categories being a little bit more mixed, whatever they were. I don't know. Uh, or maybe I'm wrong about that, but now we, we have come to a, a pretty, um, organized rotation there's always a solo flute category yep there's always a flute and accompaniment category which is usually where that flute and piano or flute and electronics score collection fits in I think that's what we've been calling it we don't call it flute and accompaniment anymore I think the other the other thing that's been really interesting is to um, interact with the composition community at large and I've I've learned that there are a lot of words that get used in both sides of those community but not the same and so flute and accompaniment suggests to a composer or at least I'm told by my my panel of composers I rely on flute and accompaniment means that the flute is primary and the piano or electronics is secondary um, and we are also able and willing to accept pieces where those two parts are more collaborative and equal. So we've we've been, I think there was a time when it was flute and accompaniment, but since having my eyes opened to those differing interpretations of the word, we now call it flute and piano or electronics. Although in some situations it's flute and piano and electronics. That wasn't your point though. <laughs> Well, you were, uh, the, you were talking about the three categories. So we have the like standing solo flute, we have the flute and piano or electronics, and I interrupted you. Please continue. Um, and so then that third category rotates. Yes, yes. And that is that is one of the things that we are are also working on is is trying to balance um what our, our members are able to support. So um, the purpose of this composition competition on, on our end is to make sure that these pieces are getting embraced by the flute community and are getting performed by the flute community. And as you and I have discussed a number of times, possibly on this podcast, uh, a lot of our, our members are, are located in sort of far-flung regions where you're a little limited by instrumentation. So we've discovered that everybody can play a work for solo flute. Uh, and we've discovered that flute and piano or flute and electronics are are both um, pretty easy for most of our members to support. And then that rotating category is us trying to hit sweet spots of like some people play regularly with flute quartets and some people have like a bassoon colleague that's their best friend. And uh, I have an on and off again love affair with flute quartets. So we, we tried that one year. So trying to find a, a chamber scenario or a chamber ensemble that allows composers to submit a work they may have had sitting around for a little while, but is also something that our our membership is going to be able to really embrace and dig into and get that composer's work out in the world and out in the flute community and exposed to other people who also have that bassoon best friend or that flute quartet or what have you. Maybe we should back up because uh, I think maybe not everybody is aware uh, why that even matters. And I think it's something really special I'm a little bit biased, but I think it's something really special that we try to do at FNMC. So the the fact that we are concerned about making sure that our members can perform these works is really coming from our mission to make sure that these works get performed as many times as possible, right? 
Yeah, yeah, and I, I think that that goes back to those early days and and trying to make this the the friendliest or the most customer service oriented competition that we can. Um, we're not an organization that's ever going to be able to give a five thousand dollar prize or a promise of a contract so that you get another commission. And it's 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 it, I don't feel like our prize is necessarily monetary, although we do offer a a cash award. Um, what we're aiming to do and, and what I think is one of the baked in purposes that I am always looking for better ways to articulate is that, um, we want the new work to new work. We want the composers entered work to find a new audience of prospective performers. So I don't know how it is done in all other composition competitions, but, you know, we do the sort of standard blind round where the piece is submitted and we scrub it of any remaining identifying details and send it off to a panel of adjudicators and they sort of narrow it down to two or three pieces that I feel, they feel like are the strongest. Um, those two or three pieces are then passed on to the members and the members vote. So already we're we're having the members like involved in the process of of saying what they're the most excited to spend time with. Um, once the members vote and select a winner, you know, obviously we notify the composers, we get a copy of the score that has their name and their contact information on it, because we want our members to be able to find that composer and see what else they've written. Um, we want our members to be able to find that composer and commission other stuff if there's something that they want to see in that style that doesn't already exist. Um, but we also want our members to, you know, take that piece and and we have sort of baked into the competition that we have performance rights to that piece for a year from the the date that the composer has won. And so we really try to encourage our members to perform those pieces at their recitals when they give recitals. Um, I genuinely love and, and try to encourage our members to perform those pieces at flute festivals. The idea being it's a concert where the audience is primarily other flutists. So that piece is going to have the opportunity to pick up additional performers. Um, and then it's nice if they, you know, take it on the road. I've, I've taken a couple to like a CMS conference. Um, a couple of our members have, have taken pieces to like Sound Ear or to other new music festivals. And those audiences aren't as flute heavy, but it does a little bit of networking for the composer. It gets their name and their work out there in addition to giving our members really great music to play. So I, I hope that, you know, while I would love to give all of the composers a, a $5,000 prize and like a hug and a pat on the head and send them on their way, I, I hope that, you know, there, there are some non-monetary things and some tools that they can use to help to build their careers or, or you know, build relationships with performers that are our members that maybe they didn't know before that performer picked up their piece. I think there are some opportunities if you're savvy to to really turn some of that non-monetary stuff into career opportunity if they're interested. And if there's, you know, not, there's still a check at the end. It's just not as big as I maybe wish that it could be. Yeah. And I have seen some pieces really take off, really get extremely popular with several of us playing them, several sure. of, of FNMC members. And then other people start picking up on it too. You know, I'm thinking of on a poem by Sean O'Pebolo has really just exploded. Uh, and I yes. think there was basically, 
there were like one or two of his friends playing that piece before it won our competition back in 2016. And then several of us glommed onto it because it's a fantastic piece and played it a lot. And and now it's I I hear about it a lot out there in the in the flute community. So that sometimes happens. Um, I think we all try to make connections with individual members that we know who might who might you know really click with a piece. But I I want to stress too that the amount of legwork that you do after the competition is over and after the winners and finalists have been announced to just play matchmaker and make sure that all of those pieces get at least a first performance in the first year that they've won or or more is really laudable and you know so it's it's not over once the the winners are declared but you're still going to bat making sure that you're you're advocating for those pieces among our membership and getting getting as much airtime out of them as possible or for them how do you not though i mean we we used when we were younger and smaller and you know our board maybe less busy in their careers we used to guarantee a performance um and then we started to get to places where some of the instrumentation is tricky you and i had talked about how i might be obsessed with the perot ensemble but it's just like not gonna happen where i live and and where i'm currently working we've had a in a lot of places yeah yeah i mean for better or worse and that's like a different conversation but i mean we've we've had a couple of pieces that have been for like flute and string quartet and they were gorgeous pieces and i personally couldn't support them so I, i think we we made the difficult choice to to change the language to you know, we will do our best to make sure it gets a performance. And I, I kind of hate that, but then on the same token, because we've changed the language and we're going to do our best, like the little reptile customer service brain that lives in the back of my heart is like, well, you better do your best then you butthead. And so you're, I'm you're calling as, as many people as I can think of, like we have members that I follow on social media and I, I see them doing all of these cool pieces for flute and live electronics. So when we had a piece for flute and electronics last year, I was like, nah, make sure that those handful of members that I know, know about this piece. And I, I think there's a lot to be said for a personal, like, Hey, I've noticed you do this thing and I think you're pretty good at it. Do you, do you know about this? And so I, I want to be a cheerleader for our, our pieces. Yeah. But for our composers who like took the time and the, the bravery to enter a competition and, and potentially be judged, like, thanks for, thanks for supporting a group that I'm really excited about. Let me, let me welcome you into the family and support your piece as best as I can. And I'm glad that that takes off sometimes. I wish it could be that successful every time in every case, but you never know what the secret sauce is going to be. Well, sometimes a piece, you know, maybe sits in the year that it wins because for whatever reason, our membership, you know, isn't in a position to put that instrumentation together, but it it doesn't mean that the piece goes away, you know? So sometimes, sometimes performances pick up later or have the potential to pick up later, always have the potential. That's very true. That's very true. Um, yeah, it's and it's it's nice to see those names like circle back later in the in the flute community. I always get a kick out of it when, uh, you know, I'm at like an NFA conference or somewhere else, and I I see maybe not our piece, but a, a name of one of our composers that's that's on a program, and you never know like is that a connection that happened 
in a vacuum away from FNMC or is, is that a, a familiarity that was, was built in part because of FNMC? And I yeah. like to think we had a little to do with it, even if we don't always. Well, and sometimes it's our piece. I mean, I didn't hear, yeah. a, I, I feel like the, going back to the very first consortium commission, which is a slightly different topic, a different, different area of the organization than the composition competition, but the Zoe, I think got a lot of performances by members mm -hmm. uh, soon after it came out and then for me anyway I, I noticed kind of a little lull and then I started hearing about people who have never in any way been connected to the organization playing at NFA and other places so yeah yeah I, I do think that eventually it, it starts to trickle out into the community and that feels good yeah it feels it good does. to think that you you might it have been involved yeah. with that in some way yeah yeah. And, and from, a, you know, going back to the composition competition, uh, you're talking about wanting to advocate for the composers and, and for their pieces. And from a performer standpoint, what I was so excited about, I mean, when I first joined, there's no, we've talked about this before on this podcast, there's no like direct pipeline, like I am interested in new music for flutes. Tell me everything. You know, there's no there's no catalog where you can go and it's the definitive source for everything that came out in every year or something. And so you're and you're you're not a student anymore, although I realize our students are really just, you know, getting our ideas from us. So it, you you live in this little bubble and you don't know what you don't know. You don't you don't know how to find out about other pieces and other composers existing. Uh, and so this competition has always been a really exciting opportunity for me to find out about some new music I really don't think I would have found out about otherwise, and, and some composers I wouldn't have found out about otherwise. It helps me continue to have exciting, challenging new pieces to to grow into. And I, I think kind of in that vein, I think that I have always been slightly entertained by um, our, you know, our board is is made up primarily of flutists, but several of us are in relationships with other musicians. Uh, I'm married to a band director. Our previous president married to a trombone player. Your spouse is a tuba player. And I can think of multiple conversations we've had, you know, in between meetings where we've we've sort of laughed about walking in on husbands or, or spouses, looking at our list of previous competition winners, not because they necessarily cared who had a cool piece for flute, but because it was like a really handy resource mm -hmm. of, of a, a composer who was liked by someone whose style and taste they knew they also mm -hmm. agreed with. So... Yeah. Um, I've I've caught my husband more than once. Like I've walked around the corner and he's been on the FNMC website seeing what we were up to and then looking to see if those composers had a piece he could program with a wind ensemble or like a Aww, an offshoot. That. And I, I love I love that for those composers because you know it it our network becomes their network. And so when I, I say, you know, I feel like I don't want to speak for the rest of the board, but I feel like if you become a winner or sometimes even a finalist of the FNMC competition, in my mind, you're part of the group now. You're part of the family. So I, I in my own musical dealings, treat it as such. And it makes me kind of happy that at least my family, and it sounds like the family of of some of you others who keep FNMC afloat, um, they kind of do too. And so yeah. it makes everybody's world a little bit bigger. And I love that. Yeah, and it's unavoidable. I mean, that that personal per, personal connections are always going to be part of how we how we find each other. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, it it 
how, how cool is it that something that could be as impersonal and, you know, I, I have negative associations with like flute competitions sometimes when I think about entering them as a member. And I, I have the impression that like composers maybe sometimes feel that way about competitions too. And I get that it. They're often kind of one and done. You know? Yeah, I mean, it, it it doesn't have to be that way. So I, I love that, it, you know, I wish we could do it for everyone, but I love that for at least a few of the people who enter every year, we're, we're able to sort of bring them into the fold and make it more of a long-term relationship instead of just a one and done. And I I hope that that can continue to be part of the, the ethos and at least the unwritten mission for as long as we continue to do this. Right. Huh. Do you, um, I, I, somehow this conversation has turned into me interviewing you. Is that cool? I, I'm fine with it as long Welcome as- Welcome to Music Crush. Do you, I mean, you've you've overseen this competition the whole time it's been in existence. True. Do you have any advice or words of wisdom? I think those are the same thing, but yeah. Do you have any, do you have any advice for, for hopefuls? who are watching the competition and con- considering entering? I mean, I don't know if it's advice. It's just, you know, read the instructions. If if it says audio, send audio. Send audio of the piece you're going to enter and not like something else that's cool. Or we had <laughs> we had one I was processing recently where somebody sang us a little song about how they didn't have audio of the piece, which I really enjoyed, but isn't <laughs> very helpful for the adjudicators who are trying to make a decision. So I mean, like just from a logistic standpoint, like read the instructions and, you know, do a reasonable job of following them. That is very helpful to me as an administrator. Beyond that, I, I don't know, I get emails from composers occasionally asking if, you know, we have a, a suggested time range and they're like, well, my piece is shorter or longer. Does that mean this isn't the right competition for me? And it's like, no, we just have noticed that members tend to perform pieces that are about this length because it's a it's kind of in that sweet spot of programming where if that's the yeah. only piece that a conference takes you're like well at least I get to play for six or seven minutes instead of two mm-hmm. and most conferences won't take a full 20 minute piece so you know somewhere in between there tends to work a little bit better but it's not a hard and fast rule mm-hmm. um and I, I I you know you get emails sometimes and it, it feels a little bit like people are, are kind of hunting around for what it is that we're looking for and I, I don't know that we know you know, it's, it's, right. it's different adjudicators for the blind round. Uh, most mm-hmm. years, I have a couple of adjudicators that I like go back to, but I try and move them around. So there's not one person sort of gatekeeping their favorite category and everybody's got different taste. It's, it's been a minute since, since I've gotten a, a cranky email from a composer, but I, I remember somebody said something once in their feedback about like the formatting of the page and the composer, was understandably hurt and, you know, explained that it was intended to be printed on an 11 by 17 page. And was like, cool, um, we're an electronic competition. So I, I don't know that that happened. Maybe just be aware of the the larger context of, of the, the competition. You know, some of our judges print stuff and look at it on paper. Look like how um, that's a lot of printing. I, it, but if if they feel better in an analog world, I want them to do that. Some of our judges don't, and they only view scores on their like teeny tiny little iPads. And bleh, I don't necessarily exist in that world either. But that's that's what they look at. So, if somebody says something about formatting, you know, maybe think: Does this work for me in the situation that I'm in, or is this coming from that person's very specific experience in music? It feels like we're recording this 
in the middle of a competition season. So I'm, I'm fielding a lot of questions right now about audio file size and composers very understandably want to put their, you know, their best foot forward with the highest quality audio file that they can submit, but our, right. our system has like a file size limit. And they're, they're worried if, you know, they compress the file, it's going to change the audio quality. And I guess as a, as an artist, I understand like, yeah, best quality forward, but as a, a flutist who sometimes adjudicates things, I also understand sometimes I'm listening to this stuff on my phone or like in the car between rehearsals. And so there's, there's a point at which audio quality is nice, but it's not like the end of the world. And, and so my advice to composers or to students or really to anybody participating in anything is like, think about how your part fits in the larger context. And then, you know, I feel really bad because we can't have everybody win every year. Like somebody's going to have to get rejected. And and I, I understand how that maybe doesn't feel great if you're that person that year, but like a flute player definitely understands. Believe us, friends. Yeah, I, I, I have gotten my. We've had a couple of rejections. rejections. I think that's one of the cool things about composition, in particular, is like I've seen people enter and not advance, and enter the same piece the next year and win. I'm not gonna say mm-hmm. who, and I'm not gonna say when, because I don't want anybody feeling funny about it. But like, just because these judges this year didn't like your piece doesn't mean that those judges in a later year aren't going to like your piece. Kind of on the same token, like <laughs> that first year we did the competition, our our winning piece was a duo for flute and cello, and it got performed a couple of times, and yeah. it's an amazing piece. Was I it remember. Asha's piece? It was. I wish I had something to play that with. It's so good. Just speaking from like personal experience, I played it once because that was... Ooh. The most I could get my on-campus cello colleague to agree to do it. He was like, I'll do this once and then don't ever talk to me again. I guess it was a little hard. (laughs) But I, the, we did a runner-up that year. We did Nicole Chamberlain's flute quartet French quarter was was that year. I don't think she got a prize. I don't think she got any money for that. So she quote unquote lost, but, and here's the, here's the thing, but I personally in the year or two following the quote-unquote lost because she was the runner-up me alone performed that piece at least 15 times yeah and it is one of our most performed pieces if we're just talking about finalists and winners together being our pieces air quotes right absolutely because I was still programming it years after it won or years after it was a finalist as an FNMC piece for various festivals so, I mean, I guess another piece of advice is like, hey, maybe you don't win. Maybe try again if it fits in your budget and fits in your goals and fits in your life. But like also, if you don't win, don't take it personally. I I don't think that the duo winning over the quartet means that the duo is better than the quartet. It just meant these specific situational factors were not in place. Like they're both great pieces. Mm-hmm. Uh, I feel pretty confident that other pieces that didn't advance to finals were also probably really great pieces. Uh, I cannot tell you how many years and times every season um, I'll have an adjudicator send me the pieces that they want to advance. And, you know, not all of those pieces can advance because they have to agree with another adjudicator. Mm-hmm. Um, and the adjudicator, if it's a performer, will email me and say, Hey, I really liked this piece and this piece. Can you tell me who wrote them? Um, and so there's, there's times when behind yeah. the scenes you've done, you were, yes, you have. Um, <laughs> and then played those pieces 
Yeah. Or like looked up those composers and found out what else they do. Like I I don't have the resources to track what happens after that conversation, but sometimes just having a piece go in front of an adjudicator matches a performer and a composer. So like, yeah, you didn't win. There's, there's a lot of music and musicians out there. Like it doesn't mean, I, I wish, I wish I could tell everybody it doesn't mean anything about you as, as a composer or an artist. It just means this wasn't the right combination of factors. Yeah. And I, I, my, my advice would be like, don't take it personally, you know, don't drive yourself crazy re-entering every year. If it's hurting your feelings or it's hurting your finances, like that's not what I'm saying either. Just do mm-hmm. the thing and some net good will come out of it if it can. Yeah. Yeah, I I have definitely in the past um, played a number, sought out a number of finalists or uh, like the, you know, uh, there were a couple of years where it seemed like I always liked the runner up better than the winner. That happens a lot. (laughs) And and so then I, I would reach out to those composers and say, because if they don't win, then they don't have to provide a score to the membership. Right. So if you're the finalist, then you get to sell your score. <laughs> but, you know, I would reach out and this is important to do. If you find a piece that you're interested in, uh, reach out to the composer and and inquire about purchasing the score from them. And those are pieces I've played as much as some of my favorite winners. Yeah. Yeah. And I, there have been there have been situations where I've seen stuff like that happen. Um, There's another situation where a, an adjudicator really liked to really liked a piece, reached out to purchase the score. And next thing I knew that composer and that adjudicator had started a new ensemble and new works were being written from that pair. Like, it's just people. That's amazing. People are going to people. I you said people are going to people. I, like, it's, it's, what is it though? Stupid line from Jurassic Park, like nature always finds a way. I feel like art and creativity often find a way. Yeah. So it wasn't going to happen for that composer in the competition that year, but somehow those two maybe, like-minded maybe artists. Maybe the ensemble was better than winning the competition even. I mean, looking at it, like I would rather be in that ensemble than win a check personally I did like so nature and art find a way and maybe maybe that ended up being better for everyone involved I don't know I that's I amazing these are things I like to see this it makes my heart happy oh like a proud mama I don't, I'm gonna pretend like I had something to do with it I I absolutely didn't but you know here we are yeah it's a uh, people people call us around this competition that you run and and connections are made so that's all you can do. So you, you've alluded to this, but just out of clarity's sake. So what happens is you get for each round of this competition, you get X number of submissions. I don't know. I mean, are the numbers just all over the place or would you rather not gander a, a guess at what the, the average number in each category looks like? It varies. It varies a lot depending on instrumentation and, and depending on year. I mean, we, we started out with nearly 300 pieces that first year we hovered around that for a while I the COVID year the summer that the competition was happening and and most cities were were still on lockdown or or some simulation of lockdown I was like we're gonna get like two pieces and it ended up being a pretty big summer um the year after not so much so I I think it probably follows you know waves and cycles yeah what's going on in the in the world outside of art making 
but yeah, and then it, we changed the instrumentation of that third category every year. So that is no, all there over is. the place, depending yeah. on what's going on. Well, so, but for each category, you get judges that do a blind round. Yep. So they, they don't see who wrote the piece. They don't, they don't know who's playing on the audio. And those judges are often flutists, sometimes composers or composer slash flutists. Oh, in the early years, I, I tried to do a really good balance of flutists and composers. And then it's sort of evolved here lately. It's it's mostly flutists, but I'm open to having composers too. Um, yeah. yeah. But certainly flutists who play new music. So oh, absolutely. Yes. Flutists who are familiar with all the techniques and familiar with reading different kinds of scores and all of that stuff. Uh, and then they whittle, they whittle down the category to, we usually have two to three pieces as like the finalists right yeah. yeah and then um and then the entire membership regardless of membership level anybody who is a member that year of fnmc uh gets a chance to vote and we we vote blind too we have the same score that the judges had so score with no identifying marks on it and uh, audio with no identifying marks. And we get to choose for each category between those two or three pieces that that we have on the ballot. We listen and read along and we get, you know, 10 days or something like that to look through everything and we pick our winners. That is correct. And then the magic happens. It's very rare that there isn't at least one performance. I mean, COVID messed things up a little bit and there were some delays yeah, uh, we we definitely had to do like a victory lap year for the the COVID year piece. Yeah, but um, um, but they're they're still they're still continuing to grow. I think those numbers uh, occasionally instrumentation slows the works down a little bit in terms of being able to find someone to play. But yeah, yeah, but we 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 keep at it even after the year in which the piece wins. Yeah, well, I enjoyed hearing this history of the competition, which I in all these years of knowing you have never have never probed it's sometimes it's not that exciting okay. and the weirdest ideas just kind of get slapped on as like an afterthought and the next thing you know it takes over your whole summer every summer for a decade um but in the best possible way i yeah. <laughs> i i kind of dig the opportunity to interact with some of the composers behind the scenes in the in the administrative portion and you know, all of the applications come through my email inbox. So even if I'm not the one processing the entries on a given summer, like I see every single name that enters, which has been a really useful and I think beneficial education for like me as an individual also. So, yeah. And I guess there, there, I should point out too, there have been a number of times when a winner or finalist ends up getting commissioned either by individually, just as a civilian so to speak or or by fnmc for one of our small commissions for our flute artist competition and things like that yeah yeah i I think it's been one of my goals since the the start of the organization and obviously you know goals are are long term sometimes but eventually i'd love to be able to offer all of the winners a commission and you know we're probably a long way off from that being a possibility for the organization but it's it's been super cool to see you know, I we've we've mentioned how sometimes the members end up really hitting it off with the composers, and we've mentioned mm-hmm. how sometimes individual members will really champion an individual piece because it resonates with them. But yeah. even in like a, a smaller circle, I I spend the most time with our 
board because we got to make the thing run. So mm-hmm. our board tends to be among some of my closer flute friends. And it's it's been kind of fun to me to watch how we will each sort of gravitate towards individual winners or individual winning pieces. And yeah. next thing you know, somebody's releasing an album that has two FNMC affiliated composers on it for pieces that had nothing to do with FNMC, but like, I know that's how they met or you know it's just art art finds a way and I I kind of dig it well I'm excited to see what what this year's competition brings I am also kind of excited to see what this year's competition brings it's a it's a little different every year Um, every year I think I'm predicting it accurately and every year I'm horribly off base so it'll be neat to see what the adjudicators send to the members and then I like make little private bets with myself about what the members are going to pick and sometimes I'm right and sometimes I'm not right and I I look forward to being baffled by the way that the series of events unfolds and then seeing how members embrace various pieces in the in the larger community. Well, thank you for your service, Elizabeth. Thanks for <laughs> having me. It gives me something to do and keeps me out of trouble in, in the hot months. I love everything that we do, but I think it's still my favorite of the things that we do. This is well, I guess we could trade jobs. We could do like a... a, a oh, no, I enjoy your work. Yeah. I just enjoy the... Yeah, I mean, it's like Christmas or something, you know, when, when we get to vote on those pieces. It's so Secret exciting. Santa, because you don't know what's going to be in the package and you don't know who sent it to you. Yeah, yeah, but in the best possible way. Do we make an episode? I think so. Woohoo! Thanks for granting me that interview. You're welcome. Thank you for joining us for another episode of Music Crush. You can subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. You can also support the podcast, read show notes, and learn more about FNMC by visiting www.flutenewmusicconsortium.com.